0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff live call-in radio show. The keywords there live and call in. And uh, you can actually better than call in is you can join in. So um, to get a hold of me to ask me anything you want, talk about your pets, talk about anything. Area code 877 385 8882, 877 385 8882. Toll free. Um, you can also join us here on Zoom. If you have access to your computer or your cell phone as we speak, you can go on to Pet Life Radio. You can click on Shows, go to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and there is a link left there for you to Zoom, and you can join us right here live on Zoom, video chat with your pets. It's fun, it's great, and it's the way of the future. While we're seeing so much more, a lot of bad things about COVID, we all get it, but one of the good things is realizing how many people love telemedicine, how many people love to not have to get in the car, not to fight traffic, can stay home. Get their questions answered. Have your vet or, or uh, one of the staff members from your hospital help you evaluate and find out. You know what? This could wait. Or guess what? It's not. You don't have to come in at all. Or on a follow up. How about a follow up? We say you know you do a surgery. You want to come in. Uh, you want to see what the incision's like. You want you want to you see how the pet's doing. Guess what? You can do that online. So um, it really is. It's great. So that's what you should practice by joining us here right now on Pet Life Radio. Ask the vets with Dr. Jeff on Zoom and see kind of what it's like. So anyway, um, as you know. I like to peruse the news, what's going on in the veterinary world. And um, really, when you think about it, you guys don't have access to some of the publications and things that I have access to. So some of these things you might not know. And some of these things are actually, as a pet lover, you probably will find very, very interesting, as did I. And here's one that I liked. Think about all the different species, not only different species, not only different mammals. I'm talking about reptiles and birds. And one thing that these researchers found out is that the chemical composition of their tears across species? Very little difference between the species, and that includes us mammals, all the breeds and species within the Mammalia family, and then the also reptiles and birds and amphibians. They're all very similar, and um, even the structures that secrete them are very different. But the actual composition of tears are very similar, and um, so what the scientists are studying is how the role that healthy tears have in protecting our eyes, which they do. Do you realize that, for example, in dogs, their cornea is actually seven layers. Five of them are tissue layers, and the outermost two are tear film layers. So um they're really of critical importance. So um so they're trying to do is to affect the and to see to better understand, as they put it here, the effects of pollutants have on these tear film layers. And that way they can Basically, develop new medications to help protect against eye diseases in dogs, cats, and of course us as well. So I thought that was pretty cool. This is also interesting, and yeah, uh, you know, it, it's funny how animals adapt and from an evolutionary standpoint. So a possum, not possums, opossums—they're marsupials. They carry babies in their pouches. Guess what? They don't get rabies. They just can't get rabies. And also, we find that marsupials are generally highly adaptable, and they can eat mice, which they do, they eat garden pests, they eat trash, and they can even eat venomous snakes and not be poisoned by them. So when you look at all those good things, maybe we should have some opossums hanging around our properties because they're taking care of all the bad things and they don't seem to eat up our trash even like a billy goat. And uh, they they are not affected by things that, uh, that they don't carry rabies. That's great. And it's, it's one less disease that we have to worry about. This was a bummer. We talked about this several weeks ago, and it, it's just been elucidated, I like that word, because of the pandemic and lack of tourists to a lot of our nature reserves. And the what's happening is there are lack of funds because usually it costs money to get in. They use those funds to the benefit of their reserve, the preserve, etc. cetera. And um, so now they're lacking. So in one, for example, it's called the Sereri Eco Reserve in Bolivia. It's in the Amazon River Basin, and um, there incidents of illegal poaching and illegal logging are on the rise. It is the tourists going through all the time that are are helping prevent that, plus the money that is being collected to pay for the anti poachers and those to stop the 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 rangers and stopping the logging, the illegal logging. And um, so, typically, without the discouragement of the tourism, these bad things are on the rise, and that is really, really. Sad. And um I we talked about this last week. There was a a piece that I saw about these poachers in Africa literally killing a an elephant, a baby elephant. Yeah, it wasn't a baby, it was like a young elephant. And it is the set it eats you up inside to watch it. You wanna get a shotgun and kill those poachers. That's how you're gonna feel when you watch this. And um and believe me, I would I wouldn't lose a, a micro minute of sleep if I if I had to do that. It's unreal. So, so here's another one. And again, it wouldn't be a typical Dr. Jeff show without talking about SARS CoV 2, the COVID-19 virus, because it's, I mean, in the veteran news, it's there every week, all the time, et cetera. And this was interesting that though dogs aren't really susceptible to the virus, all right, and are highly unlikely, and I'll explain how it can happen, but highly unlikely to transmit the virus to us, to people, the experts are saying now it's still a good idea because we are learning so much more about the transmission, about the virus itself, that you should practice social distancing from dog to dog. So when you are walking your dog in a neighborhood, they're on a leash. You're not. You're holding the other end of the leash. So you can maintain the social distance between a person coming at you or passing you by But your dogs on their extender leashes, they can actually nose to nose. And they're not wearing masks. Good luck trying to get a dog to wear one. So we should pull our dogs in and also try to maintain that social distance. Now, here's how remotely possible it could be for a dog to transmit the virus to us. So and there have been one or two cases where it was suspected. So someone in the household is COVID-19 positive. And the dog sleeps with him in bed as they should. And at least according to me, and the pet parent who is positive coughs or does on the dog and or gets a sputum, whatever. And the dog then licks itself because they clean themselves or a cat, by the way. And now they have it in their mouth. Now they go to another innocent family member who is not positive, who has been separating themselves in the house. Right. The owners, the, the positive pet parent family member is doing. Um, it's their, their own social distancing, they're doing their own quarantine, but the dog is going back and forth. Now the dog licks you in the face. All right. And it's a, a recently had picked up an active particle. Can they transmit it to you? The answer is yes. Just like, uh, as we call the foam mite, just like someone having it on their hands, touching that doorknob or the freezer handle at the grocery store and then you go ahead and touch it and then you make your sandwich or whatever when you get home it is possible remote it's not it's probably not going to happen but it didn't happen in my house but it is something that that feasibly could happen so we want to just take the extra precautions as we know now dogs don't get sick at, at least we know they can carry it and you can test a dog and be positive but no illness cats on the other hand and ferrets can have a mild respiratory infection. Uh, they don't die. If you remember the lions from the, the the zoo, the Bronx Zoo, they did not get sick. I mean, there was the tigers, excuse me, and they did not get sick, but they were positive. I mean, they they tested positive and they did have a little respiratory infection, nothing that no one, they, no one died. No cats died. The one animal that was in the news for testing positive and died did not die of COVID, just so you know. It, it, it had an underlying, I think it was lymphoma, some other disease, but it was not. It was not um, uh, COVID. Now the question arose: Then was the virus the reason for the rapid progression of the lymphoma? Well, that's that's a different story. But that, now you're going all in circles. You're you're going to drive yourself nuts. Anyway, it is better, safer to be you know better to be safe than sorry. And that would be my recommendation. This is really cool also. And that is the American Veterinary Medical Association. And they put out, finally, a veterinary cannabis report. So it's exploring this efficacy, how effective it is, safety, potential adverse side effects, and the current regulatory landscape. I just saw this last night. I have not downloaded it yet. I'm going to read it. We can talk about it next week. Now, regardless of what it says, and this information is very important to us as veterinarians being able to recommend it, to prescribe it. But that's only a part of the battle. The other part of the battle is the state laws. And right now in California, unless I, and I I heard this is changing, it it may have already changed. If the cannabis is from 100% industrial hemp, then it's safe and legal to recommend, to prescribe, to sell. But If not, even though it's 100% cannabis, that it's still in California, even though I can buy it, I can walk into the store and buy it legally, but I can't prescribe it to my patients. I can't sell it from my practice. all right? And I can't use it on a patient's pet. That is wacko ridiculous. So sometimes as much as California is a great state to live in, there's a lot about California that, trust me, (laughs) if I knew then, 58 years ago, we moved here. I, I was here, I was seven when, when we moved here. Then I would say, God, are you nuts? California, the real estate's insane. Taxes are insane. The rules are ridiculous. And to be an employer in California, oh my God, you may as well shoot yourself now because uh, it's 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 insane. The employees can walk all over you. They can say anything they want. Oh, It is the worst place this is where I'm really glad I sold my practice. So this is also cute, which we a lot of us who have been using this in the past have already known this, but um, dogs and cats living together in spaces, right, can live at peace, with sometimes with the help of some pheromones. I'm sure it's heard of Feel Away, or now they call it Feel Away Friends, or at least they do in the UK. This is where the study was done. And Adaptil, which is a pheromone for dogs, and it really does work. Now, The other solution is my answer, which is have a bunch of dogs and a bunch of cats. And so now my dogs are so used to living with cats that when I just added a new kitten, I showed him to you last week, my cute little jazz, that little orange tabby that is to die for cute. And he's getting so big so fast. Seeing that the other cats do not react. They, the dogs come up to him because they know he's new. It's a, it's a a cat I haven't seen before. They come up to him, they sniff him and he just sits there and, and takes it. And uh, there is zero chasing, running, hissing uh, in my household with all my dogs and cats. Just like I always joke, my cats read the dog book by mistake. Anyway, so they they are just so dog-like in behavior and in, in their just in their general personality. That I mean, they come up to you, they rub against you, they want to jump on your lap, they love to be petted. If if you're not playing with them, they'll come in and they'll start grabbing at your fingers to start playing with them. I mean. They're like dogs, you know, like a dog nudges at your hand if he wants to be petted. Ah, My cats do the same. And this is also cool before we go on our break. The EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, just okayed a food flavoring that repels and kills insects. It's called nutcatone, N-O-O-T-K-A-T-O-N-E. It's found in grapefruit and in cedar trees. So it's a, a natural product and not toxic to us at all. And um, it's been approved by the EPA as an active ingredient it can use in insect repellents that can repel and in higher concentrations even kill, like mosquitoes, fleas, ticks, and other bugs. That's pretty cool Cool because it's, it's a natural product. And katoon, once again, N-O-O-T-K-A-T-O-N-E, um, safe, comes from grapefruits. So you're, you're eating it when you eat a grapefruit. So um, And you're still here to talk about it. So clearly uh, not toxic, but something about it does something to insects. At the lower concentrations, it just repels them. But at high concentrations, it'll actually kill them. So for those of you who are very sensitive about giving your dog medications, like the, the Isoxazolines, which is the new class of flea and tick medications that are very effective, but you know there's some reports about causing seizures or you just don't like drugs anyway, think about getting something with Nucatune. So anyway, don't go away. When we come back, we're going to talk about something I want to talk about last week, and it's on the new fad diets, the pros, the cons, the precautions, and how to make them work. So we'll be right back after these short messages. Looking for a dental treat that does more for your dog? Daily Dose is a two-in-one chew that pairs a daily dental scrub with powerful supplements to help with the biggest health concerns facing our dogs. Daily Dose was developed by vets to be simple to use and super effective. Plus, dogs love the taste. Available for joint, skin, heart health, or calming. Daily Dose. Your pet's daily dose of awesome. Visit yourpetsdailydose.com to save $3 on your first bag with promo code PETLIFE. That's yourpetsdailydose.com. Corpchat. his coat is very thick He's an Akita, German Shepherd, Lab, Husky Mix Harold, the Border Collie Pit Mix Has the most beautiful jet black coat Stuart, my rat carrier, has fur now where he never had it before D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com Dynavite will give them a beautiful, lustrous coat It will make you smile You get some Dynavite, how happy your dog will be D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. We and welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff. And I wanted to uh, show you something that, um, for those of you who can see this, that one of my clients just sent me. And this is kind of what it looks like in my household um, with my six cats. And, you know, it's, it's great when, when my cat clients say to me, so, Jeff, what do your dog clients think about the fact that you like cats better? And then my dog clients say to me, hey, Jeff, what do your cat clients think about the fact that you like dogs better? You know that I have equal opportunity, and, and clearly, I like them both the same. I could not do without either one, and, um, and I'm a, a sap. I'm in a sucker, and especially working with rescues, oh, my God. How do you say no? It's, it's like impossible. When I lost two in, in a short period of time, very old, 16 and a half and 14 and a half, and then about six months later, I lost another, but I had already gotten one. Within six months, I had three new rescues, dogs. And the cats just keep coming. The cats, whenever, you know, they're, they're so easy. And I, I just love them. So um, anyway, new fad diets. What is going on here? When we had, you know, years ago, we knew that that pet foods are huge. And pet food companies and some of the biggest names that you, you wouldn't even think of. The two of the biggest pet food companies the conglomerates are candy companies. Number one, Mars. Mars owns so many different foods. Number two, Nestle Purina. Nestle. So what are they? It's the kids and pets. It's kids. That's what it's all about, kids and pets. On, on the Mars side, interestingly, they're vet and pet business. They're the largest single provider of pet, vet services in the world and the largest provider of pet food in the world. And still, they're known for Snickers and M&M's. By the way, Snickers and M&M's, chocolate, especially peanut M&M's, my favorites. But they are, you know, when you think about the brands that they own, th- things you probably didn't even know. But, okay, of course, you have Waltham, all right? And you have Pedigree and you have Whiskers and you have Royal Canaan and you have Iams and Ucanuba, right? And Neutro, all right, and Caesar brand. So these all all are Mars. It's crazy. And of course, the vet hospitals, they own VCA, they own Banfield, they own Blue Pearl. It's hard to avoid them. And yet now we're seeing so many food brands out there that like a Royal Canin, which was, you know, very high premium. I am. Juca were high premium. And now they're like, they're nothing. I walked into a friend of mine has this great pet store here in LA on in, in Santa Monica. And um, his freezer section is like Kroger. All right. It's absolutely huge. And they have all these fresh meats, human grade coming in and people are buying this for their pets. And Raw diets, and this diet, and that diet, and, and now diets for not only puppies, but for specific breeds of puppies. Like you shouldn't feed your Cocker Spaniel puppy, the same thing you feed your Chihuahua puppy, the same as your Yorkie puppy. I mean, it's got to stop. It's a, it's a little insane. I truly believe much of this is marketing. So I caution you, and I caution anybody who's going to go into a pet store and have this pimple-faced 17-year-old high school kid telling you what the best food is. Guess what? There is no best food. Get that... There's no best food, like there's no best ice cream. There's no best car. It's all about what you like, what's right for you. That's what makes horse racing is the fact there's differences of opinion. And you can give the best food and your dog may not eat it. Guess what? Not so best anymore because they're not even eating it. I feed my dog the best food, but he's starved to death. I mean, come on. So you you really have to be very wary when you hear these things and you want to check. First of all, some guidelines. Make sure your pet eats it. Make sure that their stools are good. And again, anytime there's a transition, you got to do the transition slowly. Make sure that their coat is nice and shiny. They have lots of energy, okay? Then that is a good food. It is one of the best foods for your pet. Um, And what's best for your pet may not be best for your next door neighbor's pet. Or if you have two or four like I do, or six cats like I do, what is good for one or two or three may not be good for four or five or six. So you really have to play the game right. Look for the AFCO certification, AAFCO, the Association of American Feed Control Officials. It doesn't guarantee they're going to like it. It doesn't guarantee that it's going to be solve all of your pet's problems. It doesn't guarantee it's going to be hypoallergenic for your pet, okay? But it does guarantee that the nutrient value is there, assuming they eat it. So that's important. If they don't eat it, who cares? If your dog ate cardboard and all the natural, the nutrients, the essentials are put in the cardboard, then that would be okay. Don't try it. But it would be, I mean, it's the nutrients, it's the fiber, it's the fat, it's the protein. That's what the minerals, the vitamins, that's what makes the food acceptable for a pet. So you want to check with your veterinarian. Um, raw, raw, new fad. I am not a fan, I, which is why I started Dr. Jeff Optimum, because it's raw diet. However, it is freeze-dried. And goes through something called HPP, high-pressure pasteurization. So it kills off all the bacteria, and then we actually culture each batch before it's packaged and sold. The reason is because we had a niche to fill. And I'm not a nutritionist. I'm a general practice veterinarian. But one of my very good friends and colleagues is one of the, I don't know, 60 or 70 board-certified veterinary nutritionists in the country, which means he went to vet school for his four years first, then he did a residency in nutrition, took his boards, and he helped me formulate a food that is a well-balanced, acceptable food. Is it good for every dog? Absolutely not. Is it good for the pocketbook of every client? Absolutely not. You get to these things, they're, they're expensive. The ingredients are expensive. The process is expensive. It's not for everybody, and that's okay. We're just trying to fill a niche And some of these great food stores, and there's so many of them, are there to fill a niche. Now, another thing, vegetarian, vegan. I'm not a fan. Is it possible for a dog? Yes. For a cat? Absolutely not. Cats are obligate carnivores. They need to have their meat. They need their taurine. They need the building blocks of the certain amino acids, and it comes from meat. But I tell you this, if you are a vegan yourself, and you uh, have a big problem with what we call anthropomorphizing, which means you want to instill your own personal values into an animal. That's pretty dangerous to even think about doing that. But a lot of people, a lot of you are doing it. I know you are. So you are so strong, feel so strongly about it, you don't want your dog to eat any meat or animal product. Can it be done? Yes, it can. But here's the big test. I want you to fill a bowl. It's going to kill you to do it. But fill a bowl with some meat and put right next to your vegan diet, all right? And let your dog loose. If your dog goes after the vegan diet, oh, all respect, all power to you, let him eat it. But my hunch is, knowing dogs as I do, that the vast majority of them are going after the meat. So it's one thing for you to have this feeling, and, and it's respectable. And i watched some of these, you know, uh, what is it, the fork over knife and game changers. Yes, it very, very convincing. And it, I absolutely have changed my diet as well because of them, but I cannot, I'm not going to make my dogs eat something that they don't want to do because I believe it in it for me. And that's why I, I caution you uh, when it comes to these new fad diets. Now, some of the veterinary schools, if you want to do a home-cooked diet, very possible, like I said, there are good, really good pest stores out there that have the, the facilities. What you want to do is, some of the veterinary schools, I know UC Davis has it, I know others, where their nutrition departments will guide you based on your dog's breed, activity level, size, age, will guide you on how to put together a well-balanced, there'll be a fee, No, nothing's for free, no such thing as a free lunch, and as you know, with these diets, there's no such thing as a free fad diet either, they're very expensive, but they will help you concoct to build an appropriate diet for your pet, based on all these factors, and these characteristics, and that might be your solution, and if they like it, great. If not, back to the drawing board. Anyway, just remember uh, a lot of work goes into it. Uh, These commercial food companies have put a lot of work into it. I know that now with my food company, it's very, very challenging, a lot of work, but there are solutions to your issues. But I just recommend that you exercise caution in proceeding, make sure you do your homework. And most importantly, make sure whatever you're thinking of doing Make sure your dog or your cat is on board as well, because if they're not, you're wasting your time. Anyway, have a great week, everybody. We'll see you here next week. If there are any subjects that you would like me to speak about, to throw my two cents in, you know, give me a little what's left in my brain. I still have a little bit left, and I could share it with you. Download AirVet, and you can actually talk to me personally on AirVet. Just put Jeff's telehospital as your primary hospital, and then you click on Dr. Werber. I'm the only doctor in Jeff's telehospital. And um, and you can actually get a hold of me. Send me a request for a consult for a talk on AirVet. And we can talk individually, personally, offline. And uh, that is another way to get a hold of me. Um, but Dr. Jeff Pet Life Radio always works. And we'd love to have you join us here on Zoom every Sunday morning, 9 a.m. here in the West, noon in the East, and whatever the time happens to be in between Mountain Time, Central Time, you can catch us here live on Zoom. So have a great week and we'll see you here next week. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.